Just because you communicate your why does not mean you've told a story. And putting an emotional song underneath your why still doesn't make it a story. Having really cinematic camera movements still doesn't make it a story. And having someone tearing up on camera, getting emotional, doesn't make it a story. All of that is still just information. And I think we very often confuse the thing. We think that everything that has some sort of emotion or is artful or something is a story. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the Bee Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I. LD.TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college or university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. Well, welcome to the show. I've had this episode uh, on my mind for um, a while now, and I'm just kind of sitting down now to put uh, voice to microphone here. <laughs> um, and so this episode is just going to be me talking. It's a solo episode and um, and we'll be back uh, next week with our next guest. Uh, but I just wanted to share some thoughts with you. Um, would love your feedback. Uh, feel free to uh, get in touch with me and share with me your thoughts um, on the following. I came across a post on LinkedIn last week that got me thinking about how we define the word story. And if you get my newsletter, this um, this content here uh, might be a little familiar uh, to you. But we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. This is me repurposing that newsletter uh, content into an entire uh, podcast episode here. So um, it, the post is all about how you should be telling your why instead of directly pitching your product because your story is what inspires people your story matters everyone has a story all of that and all that's true um these are the things that uh you know if you, you go to a lot of creatives websites or um people with a vested interest in storytelling or videographers photographers they tell your story everyone has a story um and all that's true um however there's kind of a disconnect there um top of funnel content or content where you're trying to build awareness of your your brand is not the place to pitch your product that's true um that's a great place to tell stories and your why does matter and the author posted a video as an example of what you should be doing instead and so i watched that um the people interviewed in the video talked all about how they care about their customers um how they want to create a welcoming experience at their store and they offer the best products possible and stuff like that. It's like a grocery store. There was a nice emotive song underneath it. It was, it was beautifully shot. The lighting, the camera work, all of it was super nice. And you know, I was impressed. It was honestly pretty compelling too. Like I found myself leaning into, you know, what the business was about and uh, you know, feeling like, man, if I needed groceries and it was between that place and another place I would probably go to that that place that has you know that I now I kind of know their why and they've kind of you know engaged me emotionally 
Um, so it had a lot of things going for it. One major thing, though, that it didn't have going for it was a story. Um, so think of it like this. If I said, hey, I've got a great story to tell you, you know, you're going to love this story. There's this one business. They care about their customers. They offer great products. Uh, people that work there have worked there for years because they treat their employees really well and they love their jobs and you should shop there. End of story. You'd be very confused. Like you're waiting for me to get to the actual story. Um, so here's what I need you to understand about storytelling. Just because you communicate your why does not mean you've told a story and putting an emotional song underneath your why still doesn't make it a story. Having really cinematic camera movements, still doesn't make it a story and having someone tearing up on camera getting emotional uh doesn't make it a story um, all of that is still just information and i think we too often very often confuse the thing we think that everything that has some sort of emotion or is artful or something is a story and so you know instead of pitching your product you should be telling your story um but there's very little storytelling going on um, that I find with a lot of people that say that type of stuff um, because the definition of storytelling has gotten very watered down. This is rampant in the marketing world, not just higher ed. A lot of people claim you know, to be storytellers when what they actually mean is they're marketers who package information in a creative way. And that's not necessarily storytelling. And there's no gatekeeping here. I want I want everyone to be telling stories. I would love for everyone to call themselves a storyteller. I'm not uh, saying that you don't deserve to call yourself a storyteller. Um, and in, in fact, I don't even consider myself to be some master storyteller. I'm just a dude who's into marketing and incorporating stories into marketing. It's just something that I enjoy learning about. I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy interviewing people about it. But I, I think we can all agree that the people who wrote like Ted Lasso or people who wrote, I don't know, Inception or Barbie or whatever, like those people that write movies, that write novels, Harry Potter, etc. Those are storytellers of the purest form and being a master of narrative and a master of messaging are two different things. A story is this happened, then this happened, and because of that, this happened, and this is how things ended up. A story keeps you wondering what's going to happen next. You're wondering how things will resolve. A story takes you on a journey where you're envisioning these events playing out in your mind. As a cognitive scientist Roger uh, Shank puts it, quote, stories happen to someone. They have a plot. Um, if you can't picture yourself telling your friend this story of your organization, your institution, a particular student or faculty member, if you can't tell this story without imagining a look of utter confusion on their face, chances are you're just communicating information. Can you still move somebody emotionally with your why told in a compelling way? Absolutely. And you should be communicating your why whenever possible because it's super important to your message but your why is not your story your story illustrates your why um, the why is part of your story but it isn't the story a student being interviewed on camera saying i'm a student at such and such college and i like it for these reasons and my favorite professor is so and so and here's why and everyone should come here because it's an amazing school and it'll change your life. All of that is great information. There's probably a lot of great why stuff in there. Not a story. A story would be, I'm a student at such and such college. 
I remember the first day I stepped on campus as a freshman. First day of college, I was nervous. I woke up. My stomach was kind of in knots. I didn't know what to expect. When I walked on campus, I met people who took an interest in me. You know, they wanted to know more about me. I felt so relieved. I felt comfortable. And then this happened. And because of that, this happened. Then this happened. And looking back on my time at such and such college, all of those events are why I think this place is amazing. Just that's just kind of an off the cuff example. I'm, I'm sure there are way more compelling narratives than that. But you get the idea. Like stories are things that happen. A series of events connected together that results in something and they happen to somebody or some group of people. The reason it matters to get that distinction right is that actual stories trigger specific brain chemistry. And this is why this is why I kind of, you know, I've spent years figuring out why does it irk me when someone says something's a story and it's not? Because um, I never want to come across like arrogant or condescending or anything like I'm because I, again, I'm not like this master storyteller, but what I do see is like what I do celebrate is like what storytelling actually does to the brain. And if we're thinking that we're taking advantage of that because the storytelling word is popular, if we're thinking we're telling stories and we're accessing that science when we're not, that's I think what kind of bugs me. It's like we need to understand what it is that we mean when we say tell your story or such and such told a story or this is a story or this is my story. Um, we need to sort of separate an actual story from maybe the looser use of the word story because storytelling, it's a word that's used in, in multiple different ways. And I, and I recognize that. Um, but the reason it matters, neuroscience has shown that hearing and telling stories triggers the release of oxytocin, the bonding hormone, allowing us to emotionally connect with others stories also activate the brain's sensory cortex i'm not a scientist or a doctor but this is just the stuff that i have studied and learned and these are the words that they use and so these are the words that i'm sharing with you uh the brain's sensory cortex uh creating immersive mental stimulations that help us relate to the characters and events. In other words, you're imagining these things playing out in your mind. When someone tells you a story, you're following that story with your brain, with pictures that your brain is coming up with to illustrate the story in your mind. That's very different than when someone tells you about a product and its features and benefits. And to think that we're accessing that brain chemistry and all the benefits of storytelling and marketing when we're actually just, you know, communicating information in a fancy way would be a disservice to our marketing efforts, to our institutions as a whole. So I worked with an organization many years ago. They were having this big professional development event, um, people flying in from all over the world to be in this cohort. And they said to me, they, you know, they wanted this story. This was, I was working as a creative director at a previous production company, um, and so they came to us with this project and they wanted to tell a story, uh, the story of all these people coming and stuff like that and being in one spot together. So, okay, so we do a whole workshop, creative direction workshop. We come up with all the pillars of the story, what's important to communicate, all that. They're excited. We deliver them. We're saying, here's the roadmap for this video. Here's the blueprint. Here's what we think it should look like. Here's the music we think it should look like. Here's who we think should be in it. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's excited. Okay, great. We're all on the same page should we shoot this thing? Um, goes great. We edit it. Goes great. We deliver the first draft and they didn't like it. Uh, turns out they wanted a hype video. So upbeat music, people having fun, people 
learning and looking like they're having a meaningful experience and you know it's it's upbeat and it's a vibe they wanted a vibe they wanted a vibe um what they wanted was quite a bit different than an actual story so we revamped it into a hype video uh and everyone was happy uh everyone lived happily ever after um and it just really underscored that there's a big separation between what many people mean when they say story uh, and what an actual story is. So now let's dig a little deeper into the science and psychology behind why storytelling is uh, so uniquely powerful. When we hear a compelling narrative, our mirror neurons activate as if we are experiencing the events ourselves. So we intuitively understand the character's motivations and we feel their emotional ups and downs. FMRI scans show that a good story can synchronize our brains as the protagonist succeeds, our dopamine spikes, and our brains activate in a way where it's like we're literally sharing in that triumph. Or if the main character is scared, we're feeling that fear. If they're upset, we're feeling that upset. We're empathizing. Um, and when it comes to shaping beliefs and actions, studies have shown that the further transported or immersed someone is in a story, the more likely they are to align with the beliefs of the characters. So if your school is telling the story of a student who, as an adult, went back to school against all odds, but believed in herself enough to make it happen, chances are the person watching that will empathize with that and believe in themselves in a similar way and perhaps act on those beliefs. Master storytellers ground their stories in sensory details that make imagined events feel tangible and, and they understand the principles screenwriters follow. Introduce compelling characters, build dramatic tension, and take audiences on an emotional arc. And look, a lot of marketing stories are not going to be as dramatic as a Harry Potter narrative arc, for instance. And we don't have to overcomplicate this to be like, oh, it's got to have conflict. It's got to have a main character and supporting characters and all this technical stuff. And it has to follow this hero's journey, you know, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Um, because marketing stories, they just, they work differently. If you go back several episodes uh, to look at the the episode with uh, Kathy Klotz guest, um, and she, she talks about how, um, she talks about how marketing videos, there's a lot of, sort of pressure to follow this hero's journey and tell us tell a very literal story with marketing videos and it just doesn't fit it just doesn't work in a marketing context much of the time and i agree with her and so that's worth checking that out um go back several episodes ago to kathy klotz guest and watch that one about uh, incorporating humor into your marketing but at a very basic level it just has to be a story things in order for us to really access this brain chemistry that's happening when someone hears a story um, at a very basic level. It has to be a story. Things have to happen in the narrative. There has to be a plot or else it's just information. Quick break here to tell you about how you can scale up your student and alumni success stories without taking on a bunch of extra work to manage with our video storytelling subscriptions. Look, making even one video takes a lot of legwork. There's lots of steps to go through to hire a video vendor, 
hurt all the cats, and then you usually get one video out of that. But what if you could do a similar amount of work, uh, but this time get a year's worth of storytelling content that you can use across the board to highlight your various programs, where pretty much all you had to do was find the stories and hand them off, and even that will help you with. Well, at Unveiled, our aim is to take the friction out of telling great stories. So whether you're a big school or a small liberal arts college, you can tell compelling stories all year round and fill your content calendar with video content. And we can get this done for you virtually anywhere in the world, certainly anywhere in the US. The way it works is we're gonna batch shoot a year's worth of content and then every month drip out to you one new student or alumni story along with a whole package of additional video content. So you'll get the full length story, which is usually two to three minutes. You'll get a 30 second and a 15 second cut down of that story to use in various shorter contexts. And then you'll get eight topical videos. And those, those topical videos are like, while we have this student sitting here on camera, let's ask them whatever we want. We'll work with your school to come up with a list of questions that, that touch on those things that you like to promote. So maybe it's scholarships or career development opportunities or on-campus housing or whatever it is. So that's the package of videos. You'll get that package every month, every single month. And not only can you take those polished videos that we deliver to you and crop them vertically and you know make great TikToks and Reels content, but you get to keep all the raw B-roll and interview footage that we shoot. Imagine the possibilities of 12 students or alumni following them around for half a day in classes, in labs, in whatever other visual contexts. And that's just an entire library of B-roll that you get to use forever and repurpose at no extra charge. It's all included in your subscription. So head over to unveiled.tv, that's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv, and check out our work. You can find pricing information there as well. And if you'd like to chat further, you can book a call with me on the website there, and I'd be happy to talk about how we might be able to support you and also answer any questions you may have. Uh, okay, back to the show. Here's the flip side of, of this. I don't know why I think about this a lot. It's really like a, it's really like a tug of war. It's like, it's kind of like, man, I wish when people said story, they actually meant story. I wish when markers said, um, oh, we're, we need to do a better job of telling our story or whatever, um, that they really meant like, let's find out what our story, our narrative actually is, and then tell that. Um, but like I said, a lot of people use story in, in kind of a vague way. And so on the flip side of that, uh, while I wish that the word story was a more protective word, like it actually meant, you know, meant what it's supposed to mean. Um, the flip side of that is that language changes, right? So I think I listened uh, to this YouTube video once something maybe a couple years ago, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was about language and the evolution of language and how every generation tends to pick on the younger generation for using terms that don't align with what they were raised on. Um, and the guy in this video said, it's not that new language is bad, it's just new. And so having said all of this about storytelling, I want to acknowledge the dual meaning of the word. Storytelling nowadays is used in a way that doesn't literally mean storytelling as i've been saying just like the word literally is often used nowadays in a way that doesn't literally mean literally uh literally is just like, kind of like an emphasis word and so when marketers think of storytelling we're often thinking of creative messaging that's what we typically mean when we say storytelling or at least that's maybe like what half the people mean when they say storytelling 
um, or saying something in a deeper, more impactful way or communicating something with a deeper meaning. Or it could mean sharing the meaningful identity of our institutions. You know, here's what we value. This is what we're about. This is our story. Much like the grocery store um, example I shared in the very beginning of this episode, that's kind of what that is. It's like, yeah, we're a grocery store, but like, here's this deeper stuff that we value. And so all of that together mixed with an emotional song and, and cinematic, you know, very well shot footage uh, leads someone to believe, oh, we've told a story. Um, and even on this podcast early on, I began to embrace this broader meaning of storytelling because I kind of felt like if my whole podcast is about literal stories and how to do that better in higher ed, I might run out of things to talk about. And there's lots of stuff in the broader storytelling meaning of the word that I'm really interested in, like just content creation in general, sharing the values and the points of view of an institution, you know, over time through small touch points of content. Right. That's like sort of like broad storytelling. And so all of that to say, let's understand what we mean when we say storytelling or when we call something a story. Um, are we talking about an actual story that's going to trigger very certain brain chemistry? Or are we talking about creative or meaningfully presented information that's also going to trigger brain chemistry, just not in the same way and not with the same outcome and same benefits as a literal narrative story. Let's think about the difference between a commercial and uh, a Netflix show that you're currently binging, whatever that show is. Most recently for me, it was Love is Blind. I unapologetically absolutely love that show <laughs> um it is uh it, it's part love to love it and part love to hate it um you know it's just it's addicting and what's addicting about it for me is like what's gonna happen and what's the outcome of this drama gonna be and really like i get bored if nothing is dramatic like it's a boring season for me if Nobody's crying. Nobody's mad. Like there wasn't some shocking revelation uh, that's shocked the world and all the, the reality bloggers are talking about it. Um, you know, that's for me, uh, it's a miss if that's not there. And that's what really keeps me and my wife watching is kind of like it's where's the next drama point going to be? Like what's going to happen? How is the story going to turn? Are these two people going to end up together or are they going to call it quits? So Love is Blind, if you don't know this, the premise, <laughs> I can't believe we're going into this whole Love is Blind uh, explanation here. But um, if you haven't seen Love is Blind, these people meet in these pods behind a wall. Uh, it's like a speed dating. And then they start to form relationships with people who's they've only heard their voice. They don't know what the other person looks like. Um, they fall in love, they get engaged. And when they get engaged, they still haven't seen each other. And then they do this big reveal where they come out and now they're already engaged and they see, they see each other for the first time. And that's where some of the drama comes out. Cause it's kind of like, Oh, like were they what I thought they were going to be? Was it awkward? Was it not awkward? Are they who I would have normally been attracted to or whatever? And so that's like what we keep watching for right like what's gonna happen what's this reveal gonna be like and after the reveal then they gotta live together for a little bit always tons of drama uh as they are figuring out life together and you know someone leaves a towel on the floor and leaves the socks on the floor 
whatever, you know, stuff like that. And then they got to make it to the altar where it's like, are they really going to say yes and get for sure married? Okay. All of that explanation aside, that's a show that I binge and I don't binge that because it's just someone saying nice things, you know, someone on camera saying nice things about, I don't even know how you would productize that, but like, you can't really, it's kind of apples to oranges to compare love is blind to a commercial, but like, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like you get sucked in and completely addicted to a show, right? Like my wife and I, that's like how we bond. It's like, what are we watching tonight? We don't even have to like say it. We're just like, we just look at each other and we just know we're like, we doing this tonight. Yes, we're doing this tonight. We're putting the kids to bed. We're going to sit down and we're just going to binge on this next episode and love every minute of it. Um, whatever that show ends up being sometimes Yellowstone was one of them in the last couple of years. Um, but like commercials don't do that. Like who is kind of like, Oh babe, you want to watch this uh, flex seal infomercial tonight? We're going to put the kids to bed and watch this flex seal infomercial. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't because what you're connecting with is that narrative arc, right? You're connecting with the characters. You're empathizing with the journey that they're going on. You're wondering what's going to happen to them. There's things that are happening to them. You're wondering what those things are going to be. What's the outcome? All those things, all of those things are wrapped up in this brain chemistry that's happening when you're hearing a story. Okay. And so that's very different than someone saying, um, here at this grocery store, we value our customers and we, um, and we really care about, and we want them to find the right can of beans and the right, you know, organic milk, uh, and whatever else. And we take care of our employees and we do good in the community and blah, blah, blah. So, um, two very different things. And that that's kind of where like my mind lives is like, man, I want to embrace both sides. Um, but I also really want to preserve there are very special things happening that cause somebody to continue to watch content, to look forward to content, to watch till the end of content when a story, a narrative arc is playing out versus something where it's like, if it's just communicating information about a product or service, then it's kind of like, okay, this is a commercial. I'm out of here. Um, you know, if someone's just scrolling through that, it's not really going to hook them. The cool thing about stories in a marketing and branding context is that actual stories create deeper emotional bonds, deeper memory of your brand. Uh, stories can imprint your brand in someone's psyche and actual stories are addicting, right? They make us want to keep listening. That's what I just was talking about with, with Netflix or you want to know more, which is important in content creation. They make us, stories make us instinctively tune in. So the difference really matters. And I think it's important that when we're in marketing meetings and someone says, we need to do a better job of telling our story. I tend to hear this a lot, um, you know, in meetings with schools that um, want to be doing marketing content creation more consistently and better, deeper emotional level, that kind of thing. They say, we just need to be doing a better job of telling our story. And to that, we should say, what do you mean by that? If our school story was an actual story, what would that even look like? Would that be a compelling story to begin with? Or do you just mean that we need to be telling people about our school more frequently and in a more creative way, like getting in front of people more? Really seek to clarify what someone means when they say story. That's what I want you to take away from this sort of rambling um, solo episode here. Um, 
is that I want you to, when you hear the word story, for that to be a fork in the road to clarify what that means. Because we've introduced this this looser version of storytelling and we have a whole lot of marketers thinking they're telling stories and accessing this specific kind of brain science when they're not. Um, and that matters. And, um, and to be doing that and putting storytelling campaigns into place that, that aren't actual stories um, is just, to me, a disservice. Um, and at the same time, you know, there can be both. Like, you definitely need to be telling your why. It's not like you should only be telling stories. In fact, there's a lot of scenarios where you shouldn't be telling stories. Um, you know, like I've said, I might've said this on the podcast before, but like, you know, if my plumbing breaks, um, and I, you know, I've got water just pouring into my basement or whatever, and I go to find the nearest plumber, I don't want to hear a story about how your grandpa started the business, you know? Like, that's not what I need. I'm further down in the funnel. I'm ready to make a decision. I'm right at the bottom of the funnel. I'm like, what do you cost and how fast can you get here? You know, so it, you, you really need to be aware of who we're talking to. Where are they in that journey? Stories make better sense for top of funnel, just awareness, engaging people in a narrative um, that's going to sort of help them arrive at the brand or absorb the brand, but not maybe necessarily talking directly about the brand as they move a little bit down the funnel, maybe case studies, student and alumni success stories, I think is another one that's sort of like maybe one step down the funnel where, um, where it's like, someone's going to watch that. That's probably already considering your college um, and they're going to watch that and be really moved by the way that that was told, if that was told in a compelling way, um, versus someone just on camera saying, I liked the school. Um, it was a great experience and I suggest that you go here. So there's a place for stories for genuine narrative arcs. And then there's a place for creative messaging. Both of those have equal importance. I think we just need to not t completely confuse them. Um, because it really matters in what where people are in that funnel and what we're trying to get them to do. If they're at the top of the funnel and they haven't really even considered our school yet um, and we're saying, here's all the reasons you should come here, uh, they might not be ready for that information yet. Um, and you might think, oh, I've heard someone say, tell stories at this top of the funnel. you know. And if you're actually just kind of pitching to them in a creative way, uh, that's not what they need. That's not going to move them to the next stage of the funnel, right? Um, so that's why it matters. It matters that we get that distinction correct. So bottom line is not everything is a story. Just because it feels emotional or feels artful um, or feels creative or feels more meaningful than if you had just said, point blank, come to our school. <laughs> just because it's presented in a way that's a little more meaningful or deeper than that doesn't make it a story. What makes it a story is a narrative arc, a plot where something is happening to people um, involved in this story and the person listening, you're imagining this story playing out in your mind and you're following this journey. That's a story, a narrative arc. So that's all. I hope this was, uh, this was helpful. Um, and I hope that we start to uh, question a little more um, our own use of the word story, what we mean by that. And... Uh, 
question what we think are actual stories in our current content layout. Um, and if we look and examine the videos, for instance, that are in our current uh, content arsenal or whatever that we've called stories and they're not stories, you might want to actually think about getting some actual stories in there. So that's my soapbox. Stepping off my soapbox now. Thank you for listening to this uh, solo episode. Some podcast hosts call it a shorty episode. I like shorty. I like saying shorty. So um, we'll call this a shorty episode. Uh, and we will be back uh, next week, I think, with um, the next guest. I don't exactly know who that is right now, but um, we're figuring out. I'm between podcasts. Uh, I'm between batches of guests right now. So, um, so we're figuring it out kind of week by week, and we'll be back soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever. My email is john at unveiled.tv. John is spelled J-O-H-N. Or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.